The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is really exciting, actually, because this is the Whole Man's Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> ah, and I'm Nicole. <laughs> and it's time for another Hose of History. Man, that wasn't it, good enough. <laughs> <coughs> it is. Um, <laughs> you know, during Pride Month, um, the, my Hose of History did not come from this, but okay. during <laughs> Pride like- Month... <laughs> um on lifetime they were featuring um like women from history who were like impactful on history or first timers for whatever right and or maybe they were even doing non-women too i don't know but i saw the same <laughs> one so humans that had a huge I, impact I guess. On, I don't, but on so sexuality they were talking about a woman though who was like the first drag star like she would dress up as a man. Oh yeah. I honestly find women who drag do drag like to be so interesting to speak to because part of it, some women dress up as women still, but others go into the male territory. Yeah. And she was, she was an, an out there lesbian yeah. in a time when one would not want to be an out there lesbian. Wait, who's she? I can't remember her name. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I'm telling you that the the woman that was on um like the lifetime PSA of sorts, like one of the women that they highlighted for Pride Month, um, that she was a lesbian. She did drag as a man. She was like the first for a lot of things, but I can't remember her name. So I hope that somebody who's listening will know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And let us know. I suppose I could go into a deep dive on the Googles, but I've gone down many rabbit holes lately and just don't need another one. (laughs) Yeah. We're all set on rabbit holes. Thank you very much. I mean, the smart thing to do would be to actually write the name down and go oh this is a great one for hose of history <laughs> let me put a pin in this for later listen it's new we're figuring it out you know right? learning curve i said it to me mentally and then gave myself the the credit and the confidence to think that i would remember the name because i yes. typically do yes yes that's where you fooled yourself Welcome i did to the rest of society this is how it works <laughs> nicole now you well, understand my like, every day I have for like, everything and I, I have like a photographic memory so I can picture what she looks like and I can vividly see this but like they must not have put her name in writing yeah at it because if her name was in writing I probably would have remembered it more than likely I believe that that's I feel how, like I know that's how I did I, so well in school like I don't think I ever really learned anything I just remembered what the captions were under the pictures <laughs> Oh God, teachers everywhere hate her new practice. (laughs) Find out how she passed school. (laughs) I mean, in high school, I only got one C. And it was on geometry because geometry is too hard to photographically remember. I might 
I might one up you and say, I've never gotten a C in high school. Yeah. See, I might, I might have you on that one, but got a lot of C's in college. (laughs) No, not really. You don't get, you don't get grades in art school. You just pass or don't. Oh, okay. I was like, no, for my, uh, bachelor's, I was pretty high up there because I wanted every opportunity to get a scholarship that I could. And then I got one. Yeah. So that, that worked out for you. Cause I am not athletic. All I have is academics <laughs> and a photographic and memory. And that, yes. And that boils down to just the fact that I'm good at remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> Be nicer to my best friend, please. I feel like you have more value than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I am smart. I consider myself highly intelligent. I However, is I is kind. I is pretty. Yes. <laughs> However, there's some tricks to the trade. Um, okay. So back on topic. If somebody knows who the woman is that dressed up in drag, please tell us. Follow us also, on social media and DM it to us or comment on it at home underscore chronicles on Instagram, please. And also be patient with us while we learn how to say things properly and know that it's not coming from a place of malice. If it's wrong, you just need to correct us and just let us know. And that's it. You don't need to be yelled at. (laughs) We're trying. God damn it. Did you get yelled at? Did we get yelled at? No. Oh, okay. I thought you you were. No, I'm traumatized currently from all the things happening anymore. I'm just traumatized. Oh. I have to do disclaimers before I speak. Oh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move into my hoe of history for this episode, Yee. which is legendary singer and songwriter Roberta Flack. Ooh, I love this bitch so hard. Yes. Yes. So the reason why Roberta Flack came to mind is because she is um, 85 this year. Is she still with us? That's wonderful. She is. She had a stroke and had COVID. Holy shit. (laughs) Legend indeed. Yes. And um, so she wants to get back on the stage. Obviously, there weren't that many stages to be on over the last two years anyway. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, she was performing up till like 2017. That's impressive. I didn't realize that she was She was performing up until like her late 70s. At least early 80s. So, um, because she suffered the stroke in 2016. Oh, okay. I thought it all hit her just all at once there. No, no. Stair stepper situation. (laughs) Progressive. Um, So, yeah, I mean, she's still alive and kicking. Um, And at this time, the internet thinks she's single. So, um, (laughs) whether or not she is, we don't know. Not sure. Not sure. Um, but there's also a documentary coming out about her, um, because it's like a 50 year anniversary because her first song, like her first big single came out when she was 35 and now she's 85. So it's like a 50 year. So she was doing music for a while before she got famous. That's pretty cool. Well, she was kind of, so she actually started playing piano when she was nine. 
and um her dad bought her a stinky green piano (laughs) um (laughs) and she would play it for hours and hours just like despite its smell um but it smell i i don't know he rescued it from a junkyard oh okay that makes sense then (laughs) yeah he rescued it from a junkyard so i guess the smell stuck with it um but she's actually extremely educated and was also a teacher for a while like so she did do music but like not as her full-time gig um okay yeah so she grew up in a little town um outside of Asheville North Carolina and um that's where she did most of her teaching as well so like after she went she went to Howard for Howard University for her bachelor's and then started a master's program there um and ended up not finishing the master's program um and I think it was because of music that she dropped out of it. Um, so anyway, the reason that I chose her is because she, um, oh, you're frozen. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The reason I chose her, chose her is because she um, famously had an interracial relationship back in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, girl. Yes. Yes. Oh, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting juicy. Mm-hmm. And because she also had a lot of firsts. And then, you know, all her songs are about like love making and romance and whatnot, right? I was gonna say she's kind of more soul R and B love me gentle tenderly. Right. Yeah. So her first song uh like her first big single that i mentioned that came out in 1972 was a ballad called the first time i ever saw your face the ballad yes and uh the writer of that song actually wrote it with his wife in mind but what she says is that through the years, the song has taken on thousands of different meanings to her based on like where she was at in her life. However, when she first sang the song, it was about her cat who had just died. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and and I her, <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> I know. The guy was saying all these nice things about his wife, (laughs) bearing his soul to his wife. And then she went and sang it and fooled everyone that it was about (laughs) a major love. I guess, I mean, the cat, I guess, is a major love. Oh, it told it. Yeah. Yeah. Different way. I serenade. I serenade these two all day, every day. (laughs) I sing to them about my woes. (laughs) (laughs) So that one, her, um, record and song of the year at the Grammys and was a billboard number one single and that will turn it turned 50 on March 7th oh yeah that's awesome yes so um she's also had hits like killing me softly with his song which we our generation's more familiar with the Fuji's version probably Mm -hmm. um 
and then the closer I get to you. Um, so all of her songs though, are very much like a lot of them are about love or at least love making, you know? And so then I was like, why are all these songs basically sexy time? Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. What's going on? Well, she also dated a man much younger than her around the same time that these songs came out so she had herself a young buck yes and so one thing (laughs) (laughs) yes so let me find um this little snippet because she i'm pretty sure that the white man was the young guy, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It was hard to tell. There's not a lot of information. I mean, this is from like the late sixties, right? It is scandal though. You know, scandal. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm trying to find the quote though, about what she said about dating people. Um, okay. It says, um, Yeah. Oh, here we go. After her and her husband, who was the white man, (laughs) got divorced. The white man. The white man. After they got divorced in 1972, um, she fell head over heels for a younger man following their separation. The age difference was not closed. So. He's knocking at my door. Hang on just a minute. I'm so sorry. Okay, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the reason I was confused about if the younger guy was the white guy or not is because I didn't realize that she actually ended up marrying both of them, the white guy and the young guy. Oh, girl. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I was confused. But turns out she married both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So after her divorce from the white guy, which she never disclosed why they got divorced she just said that it was very tragic um, oh we're gonna be a little dramatic about it then huh <laughs> it was quote unquote very tragic oh, man. um it wasn't like a racist piece of shit behind closed doors and she figured it out that would bum me out for her yeah i don't think so they had a son together too um who also went on to be a musician oh cool um, good nice a jazz artist yeah i was gonna say are they, uh, you know, mumble rappers or no, any no. sort of like new age shit that nobody knows anything about? Spotify, no. what are they? SoundCloud artists? Yeah, he's <laughs> valid no. musician. Yes, jazz Love that. Love that. Um, so after the divorce from the white guy, which I'll come back to. Okay. She, um, she had this relationship with the younger guy. The age was not disclosed of the gap between them. Um, she said that he's young and gorgeous and people would say to her, she's lucky to have gotten a younger man. And she would reply back to say that they're both lucky to have each other. Mm-hmm. And then you got damn right. <laughs> yeah. And then she would point out that when men marry women years younger than them, the public does not see it as an incompatible match. And it shouldn't be different when it comes to older women and younger men. So her quote is, 
younger men are much wiser and more experienced than a lot of older men were at that point in their lives because times have changed. Good for her. (laughs) Right? And that's in the 60s. We're still saying this shit today, but you know, hey, it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know when exactly she married him, but they got together in 1972. And then songs like Feel Like Making Love came out. And uh, Feel Like Making Love. <laughs> uh, so, everybody's you know. sexual expression went to music. And here we are. <laughs> I'm just, I was like, there's got to be a connection. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like I said, she didn't like fully focus her efforts on music, but her ex-husband was a musician. It's not clear if the younger guy slash second husband was a musician or not. Um, her son is a musician and she pretty much did this on her own because she, her family was not like um I guess musically inclined so by the time she was 13 she won second prize at a segregated piano contest god bless America for real though we need it yes (laughs) segregated oh it makes me sick when she taught school it was also at a segregated school oh was she in the south oh it makes me sick she was North Carolina stomach North Carolina disgusting And by 15, she got a scholarship to Howard University. She graduated at 18 from university. A genius. (laughs) A fucking legend. But she's the color of her skin, you know. Correct. And then went there for her master's program as well. So um, she, yeah, like I said, she was a teacher at a segregated school in Farmville, North Carolina, um, where she was hired to teach English literature, but basically ended up just teaching basic grammar to 12th graders. And she taught music to about 3000 students. Um, but when she did that, she almost had a nervous breakdown at that time. Why? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So she, later went to Washington, D.C. to teach music at um, a different junior high school. So I don't know if it was because she was teaching teaching too many students at one time or the different um, things that she was teaching, but she was having a rough go. Probably all of it. You know, she was a black teacher trying to teach. And she also performed at nightclubs. Oh yeah, she was as just, well. She was just in the mix. Good for her. That's a really fun story. I like her. Roberta. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a um, fire human being she is. <clears throat> yeah. So her her fame didn't really come along though until um, Clint Eastwood put her in a mo- put her song in his movie, mm-hmm. the first movie he directed. Um, so she had very little radio play before that okay um and then she moved on from there to doing like i think it was richard Pryor's soundtrack um yep that would make sense and so 
she basically um, has just been like an icon, not only in the music industry, but for women as well, um, because she wasn't afraid to speak out. Like she wasn't afraid to also say like, well, if men can do it, women can too. And not just about her relationships, but about her being a, a soul jazz musician because people would question her about it. Yeah. Cause she's a black woman yes. and not a black and not, not just, <clears throat> and not even the fact like black men wouldn't even be questioned at that point. It's cause she's a black woman and that pisses me off. I'm really happy that she made it through and she became what she is in spite of all. Cause she has had such a heavy influence on music and the industry, I think. Oh yeah. And the first, um, song that she was in, um, the Clint Eastwood movie for it was the movie was called the first time I ever saw your face. (laughs) Oh no. The first time I ever saw your face was the name of the song, not the name of the movie. And the name of the movie, what? Yes. That's about her cat. The name of the movie was play Misty for me. Um, so it's pretty remarkable that she was like as educated as she was and nominated for as many um, awards and kind of this like black woman before her time. Um, And she also did the soundtrack for a movie that it was the first time really it was like the first time like a mainstream movie showed two gay men in a relationship oh good for her so she was like crossing boundaries on levels layers of things yes that's awesome um and so here's one of the quotes that she has about being a woman um and in comparison to her male counterparts Women have to do twice the work of male rock singers, such as the Rolling Stones. We have to sing, play instruments, and get accustomed to walking out on stage in high heels. Never mind the pressures of your image. If something Mm -hmm. goes wrong on my stage in any way, from sound to style, nobody can blame a band member. It's Roberta Flack who gets the rap and looks bad. I'm the one on the bill alone and no gang of boys or crew behind me. Mm Mm-hmm. She knew it. Ooh, that gave me goosebumps. Right? That gave me goosebumps. I know. Um, and I did she not was, know all she, of this stuff until I started like digging in and looking things up about her because I, I mean, it was prior to our generation, but like we know all of her songs. Yeah. Like our parents, we grew up listening to them because that's what our parents were listening to. So I didn't mean, honestly, when you, when you said Roberta Flack, I knew the name, but I didn't really make the connection. And now that I've, you know, gone through it with you, it's like, thank you for sharing her story. (laughs) Yeah. And so the other thing is, um, so her first husband, the white guy, I mentioned, you know, that he was a musician. So he, um, was a funk and jazz keyboardist and a producer, um, And so they also, um, like tried to work together, but no work came out that like featured them. However, she did do duets, did do duets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
she did duets. She did duets. Um, she did several duets. <laughs> with another artist. And so then there was all these rumors about her and him being lovers together. or together or whatever. And so then she had to um, fight off all the rumors that her and this She's... guy were dating because they did an album together. Yeah, sleeping her way through her success. I fucking can't stand it. Right. Oh my gosh. So she's still alive. She still wants to go perform. Yes. Um, she Roberta! Has to, she has to get herself strong enough to do so. Um, another quote about people questioning her um, and her abilities I guess, or like even labeling her. She says, I'm not a soul singer. If this means Tom Jones, Laura Nairo, Joe Cocker, or Bob Dylan, though I love Nairo's and Dylan's music, the songs they write, but I'm not a soul singer if they're considered soul singers. She's not wrong. Yeah, but I would consider her a soul singer. She's over making a all those other, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. She's making a point. Like, that's not me. Right. Exactly. Mislabeled then. <laughs> Yes. Um, so anyway, she just felt like she could face like any of her challenges by playing the piano. And it was a, a habit that she got into starting at nine years old of like, I'm just going to play my heart out and I'm just going to keep trying and stuck with it. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. It is fairly remarkable that is and she didn't like of... I said she didn't have anybody teaching her she didn't like yeah yeah like could you imagine somebody in this era this day and age trying to do what she did it wouldn't happen it happened kids do it all the time and it just wouldn't it wouldn't happen anymore like that it's just not real I know well now you have TikTok right and so kids can go on there and play exactly and still get recognition and become <laughs> an influencer and whatever else um but like the like motivation and the tenacity if you will I think everybody has that but like for her to focus it in on those and then like benefit from her career side of things but also society benefits from her being that woman yes exactly exactly so her brother specifically but her family was definitely against her being in a relationship with a white man during that time of course and she basically said fuck all y'all <laughs> <laughs> and she did <laughs> and they ended up getting married and having a kid together oh, and I love so that. I mean she really was just out here being like fuck all y'all like your family <laughs> society men in general like age gaps nothing not a nothing like could Education. you imagine having her could you imagine I would love to sit with her for like as long as she'd let me just to hear her stories I feel like she's got some cool shit to tell us oh more than cool I mean especially since she didn't really reach success with her music until she was 35 so right. by that time you know how to appreciate it you know how, to, how to act how to act <laughs> <laughs> at 35 you know how to act and if you don't you're fucked 
<laughs> right? So um, oh, she had already awesome. been through some shit, you know? Yeah. She had already she handled the shit. She would already married the shit. and divorced a white man by the time her first single like went wild. So it's like, yeah, her stories have got to be incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the um the story of Roberta Fleck, who really loved her cat. <laughs> Roberta Fleck for that. So hard. <laughs> yeah, it. It, it was very surprising to me, all of this stuff. I didn't um I didn't realize how influential she was. So I didn't either. Go, Roberta, go. Thank you for sharing Roberta's story. You're welcome. Is it time for Atta Girls? It is. Um, Unless there's a hoe of history that you are just like, I got to tell you so that you can tease it for next time. Oh, yeah. Her name is Tallulah. Okay. She called herself, she deemed herself ambisextrous. <laughs> okay. And I'll, and I'll leave, I'll leave everybody with this quote. That's actually like one of my favorites. She says, my father warned me about men and booze, but not about women and cocaine. Oh, <laughs> hilarious love her to death already wowie (laughs) wow 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 indeed (laughs) (laughs) i will leave you also with one other note about this story that i found incredibly interesting because i just briefly mentioned that um the movie that she had a song in or had done the soundtrack for or something like that had the first like gay couple and the movie was called making love and um it it skyrocketed her career but the actor harry hamlin felt like it ended his Mm, so like her having that song in the movie like put her you know on the charts again like a decade later like that was early 80s and then he felt like it effectively ended his film career um because he acted in a in a film where he played a gay man her song ended his career no not her song that movie the movie ended his film career but her song completely like had her take off again it's just it's (laughs) the contradictions you know what i mean like her whole life right like another like fuck all (laughs) y'all exactly i was uh 35 when I became famous once upon a time. I'm going to be in my 60s and do it again, bitches. I know. <laughs> I know. That's remarkable, though. Um, Actually, um, oh, fuck. Nope. It's lost. I lost it. Oh, well. So she's talked, like, she talked about the movie a little bit and saying that it was groundbreaking to have this love scene between two men on the big screen um, and that that two men could have a deep and complex love and she's she basically is saying her belief is that music is powerful love is love she's like i could never be afraid to sing a song about love whether between a man and a woman two men or two women love is love and that was in the early 80s which is also when they're like the aids epidemic was going Mm -hmm. on 
When Annie you know? Sprinkle was living her best life. <laughs> right. So anyway, I thought that was a better quote to end on. I like that quote. <laughs> <laughs> Other than he, he didn't warn me about women and cocaine. I was like, how about love is love? How about that? That's fair. <laughs> hey, Tallulah said it. I, I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay well add a girls um dad warned me about men and booze but he didn't tell me anything about women and cocaine <laughs> like the more i hear that out loud the funnier it fucking is <laughs> it was very funny um so add girls is when we like to say something good that's happened to us or you know pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done and my add a girl for this week is that I painted my office. I was sore for two days. <laughs> I was going to say, how's your body? Uh, well, cause you know, once I start a project, I have to see it through. I can't just stop. So I did it in a day. I'm sorry. Yeah. Add a fucking yeah. girl. Yeah. No, no time for stopping. No time for stopping. You just, you just have some like Trader Joe's gummy worm things and uh, down, you know, a soda with some caffeine, which is not right. typically what I do. Like, you know, caffeine for me, it's like, I almost get jittery just from a Coke. Right. So <laughs> you do. You, I, I do. You're so, just like, hey, hey. Right, we're doing candy and Coke, more Coke. <laughs> Powered through. Did it all oh in my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. I'm really impressed with you though. Good. Thank that you. Good on you. You fucking did it. Thank you. Hopefully it will mean that I'll stop twitching so much while I'm in my office looking at things not matching. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you can focus on things that matter again. I know. <laughs> yep. Terrible. Since I've since I've had to live and work out of my kitchen, I twitch every day. <laughs> <laughs> lovely <laughs> um so my atta girl um woke up this morning just not didn't have any team spirit <clears throat> but I talked myself off the ledge here and I was really productive after I did it I just I was throwing a fit I guess I don't know but I'm proud of myself because even through the, like, whatever I'm going through emotionally and mentally right now, I was still able to be incredibly productive and, um, ensure that all of the work that I'm doing is still going to get done and all that fun stuff. So I maintained my cool and I didn't let my shitty attitude ruin my day. <laughs> Good. Atta girl. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. And then I got a lot of work stuff progressed and stuff is moving and grooving you know what i mean all right way to be conscious about your attitude thank you appreciate that that's what i need because <laughs> this is fucking dumb <laughs> oh my god it's well, really for fucking dumb. for uh today's story i should also say that i got all this information from mylifetime.com because I went to lifetime.com to try to find the original person that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. I love this. Um, I also got it from Amo Mama, like A-M-O Mama. 
uh, people and marriedbiography.com. All right. Those were my four sources. So people can go check if I just gave that whole story in a much too confusing manner. (laughs) (laughs) So if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. Let us know if there's a hoe of history that you'd like us to talk about. You can email it to us, homancepodcast at gmail.com. Um, also you can send us a DM or comment, um, when I, what are you showing me? Is that her? No. Who is that? Sylvia Riviera. She was a gay libertarian and trans right activist. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Sorry. I just totally ADHD'd you. Continue. You did. I was trying to avoid you. (laughs) I know like you were not even looking at the screen and then I, I was just like, I can't, I can't. She just keeps me closer to the screen. <laughs> um, anyway, people can DM us or comment on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles with who the mystery person is, uh, and join our close group on Facebook, the homance chronicles, of judgment free zone. Okay. Out. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Thanks. Homance out. Bye. <laughs>